It's the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Luke Edwards, producer turn presenter this week. And the headlines are Chelsea bury Bayern to reach the Champions League final. There's a race for the Champions League spot. The relegation battle is heating up. And there's a debacle at Birmingham City. Just what is going on there? We're also going to look at Farrah Williams retiring and the Leighton Orient saga. We're going to be joined by the defender, Naomi Felton, to tell us all about that. Joining me this week, we have Hannah Mendelssohn. Hiya, Hannah. Hello, great to be back. And back with us after a couple of weeks off, it is the former FA and Aston Villa media officer, Emily Lyles. Hiya, Luke. So we're going to start with the Champions League. And Chelsea, they reached the final after a dramatic afternoon at King's Meadow. Frank Kirby's opener was cancelled out by Sarah Zad-Razil. But Ji Sung Young put the Blues back ahead and the tie level on aggregate. And it looked to be heading to extra time, but a dramatic last 10 minutes of Neil Harder gave Chelsea the lead for the first time in a time before Kirby wrapped it up. Emma Hayes says she was overwhelmed and praised the resilience of her side. And I think a post-match press conference took over half an hour. But at the end of it, she toasted it with a glass of champagne. And let's face it, who can blame her? Emily, it's a remarkable achievement, isn't it, for, for Chelsea to reach the final? Yeah, it's, it's an absolutely remarkable achievement, isn't it? And you could see the emotion from Emma Hayes at the end, which I think given everything that she she's achieved in her career, sort of says it all really. It's a massive, massive achievement, a real marquee moment, I'd probably say as well, for the game in this country. And, and when you think that they're still actually on for the quadruple as well, it's a really phenomenal achievement. And this Chelsea team are really special, aren't they? Absolutely. And Hannah, I suppose the question is now, can they do the quadruple? I mean, I hope so. I think it would be great to see. And I think it would be the culmination of quite a long project at Chelsea that, you know, Emma Hayes has been building towards this for years. So it would be a really, really exciting moment for the game, for the WSL, for women's football in the UK. Yeah, and, and the big players are coming to the fore at the right time, aren't they? you got Sam Curry was... He, he did the damage against Atletico Madrid. You had Frank Kirby, he did the damage yesterday. G's been influential in both games as well. And the squad is so, is so good, isn't it? And it's so adaptable. Yeah, the investment is really paying off, I think. It's quite something when you see different players coming off the bench week in, week out that could be could start in any, any other squads. And I, they're really making them up. Chelsea will face Barcelona in the final in Gothenburg. They overcame Paris Saint-Germain 2-1 and 3-2 on aggregate. Two first-half goals from Dutch striker Lique Martins put the tie beyond the French side despite Marie Antoinette Cototo pulling one back. Uh, an excellent victory for Barcelona. Emily, who do you make slight favourites for the final? Because it's going to be it's a difficult one to call, isn't it? Really, really difficult, isn't it? Because, as you know, Barcelona have been there before. They've been on the wrong end of results in the final and they'll still be hurting from those. Um, that said, I think if you look at the manner of Chelsea's victory and the way they went about their business, I don't know, does that potentially make them slight favourites? I'm not, not 100% sure, but it's a really, really difficult one to call. I think it'll be a really, really close game. Um, tactically, it'll be fascinating to see what approach both teams take. And yeah, look, it's all set up, isn't it? All set up for a huge, huge game. It's a one-off game, though, isn't it, Hannah? So like, say anything can happen on the day... For example, with this Bayern game, Chelsea knew what they had to do in this second leg for any sort of slip-ups and, and Barcelona could probably win the game, won't they? Yeah, I think that's what's going to make it really exciting. You know, it could, as you say, could go any way. Um, but, you know, 
when you look at how Chelsea pulled it back in the last kind of half yesterday, I wouldn't bet against them. Yeah, Barcelona have been pretty imperious this season in the Spanish league. They've played 25-125, scored 127 goals and only conceded five. So <laughs> I think it's fair to say Chelsea have got a job on their hands, haven't they? And, and the way Barcelona dismantled Manchester City as well is it, a big warning sign for them. Yeah, it is. And I think that's the other side of it. I know we've spoken about this before, but because we see so much WSL football and obviously FA Cup football and all the competitions in this country, um, obviously I'm not speaking for everyone, but you, you, you're you much more aware of, I know I personally am much more aware of where Man City threats are, where Chelsea threats are, less so with Barcelona, just solely through not watching them frequently enough. So I think, yes, it's easy to sort of, I get a bit of tunnel vision, I think, when it comes to teams from your own country. But yeah, I mean, that record you just reeled off there, Luke, frightening. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, but I don't think Chelsea will fear them and it'll be interesting to see and we'll find out if they are victorious in two weeks' time. Uh, all the Champions League news, which was reported this week by Susie Racker, the Guardian, uh, was the Champions League for the women will provide a €24 million, Euro, that's around £20.8 million, pounds, cash boost to teams across Europe as part of the competition's revamp for next season. And VAR will be introduced from the quarterfinals in that competition. UEFA has also agreed 23% of the €24 million Euros available by solidarity payments will go to women's teams, not taking part in the tournament, but whose leagues are represented in the competition. Emily, another massive step this, isn't it? Yeah, huge. And I think the point you make there about VAR is an interesting one because, look, we all know there are issues with VAR, but I think the fact that you've got that parity, you've got that, you know, it's similar to how the men's game is operating in multiple ways. And then more importantly, I would argue that funding side of things, going to teams, not just competing in the competition, but, you know, it appears to me that that there's a real effort there to grow the game across the board, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you say, the the very Albert Athani issue, but I've noticed in the men's Champions League, it is used a lot more effectively. So hopefully that'll follow suit in the women's game. Now we're going to look at the league action, domestic league action now. And there was a couple of games in midweek and it was a big midweek at both ends of the table. Arsenal entertained West Ham. They took a step closer to securing that third place, winning 2-0 with goals from Vivian Miedemar and Kim Little. And then in the West Midlands derby, Frey Gregory strike after initial effort hit the bar, seemed sure to give Aston Villa the three points against Birmingham and moved them three points clear of the drop zone with two games left. However, they only had that one shot on target and... Birmingham got the equaliser through Sari. It was a messy leveller as well. And it means that Birmingham say two points clear of Aston Villa and three above bottom side Bristol City. On to this weekend's action. And with Chelsea being in the Champions League, Manchester City took advantage and went a point clear. Thanks to a comfortable 4-0 victory over Birmingham City. Owe Kelly with two first half goals got the ball rolling. And they could even afford a luxury of Caroline Weir missing a penalty. But second half goals from Esme Morgan and Sam Mewitt wrapped up the scoring. Uh, Chelsea play their game in hand away at Spurs on Wednesday and they could go back top if they win that. City have gone back top, Emily. I mean, they'll have to now watch and wait and see what happens on Wednesday, won't they? But psychologically, that's quite a big boost for them, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I think regardless of what happens, they know that they've given it, a, they've made a real good fist of it. They've given it a real good go. Um Great to see Chloe Kelly on the score on the scoreboard again with a brace. Phenomenal player, had an absolutely brilliant first season at Manchester City. 
a move that probably came with a lot more pressure than people initially gave it credit for. You know, someone who is still a relatively young player, but has played a lot of WSL football now, but to go to a team like Manchester City and do as well as she had, and, and even in, in the games where they haven't done so well, you know, the general reports and feelings is that she's she's still performed pretty well in most games, which is which is remarkable, really, and not an easy thing to do, certainly when you're going into a new team. And yeah, I think it sets it up nicely. It's exciting. Like you say, it, it's a case of sitting and waiting. There's nothing else that they can do now and they've done their own job. Hannah, Chloe Kelly went off injured in that game and that's probably her season done by the looks of it. That's a big blow, isn't it? Because she's had a fantastic first season at the club. Yeah, that was so disappointing. I think she is a real star, like, or I was going to say in the making, but already she just, as Emily says, proves a week self week in, week out. And so I think that, like, we just have to hope that it's not, like, it looked pretty bad, but hopefully she'll be able to recover quickly um, so that she's in good form for next season. Um, and I think that's such a disappointing way for your season to end. So it's a real shame. For Birmingham, their woes in 2021 continue. They're three points clear of the bottom, but could face repercussions over them playing at Ruisha Littlejohn in last week's draw against Reading. They've been charged with a breach of FA Rule E10. She was apparently suspended for that game and shouldn't have played in it. Birmingham City thought that in the FA Cup game the week before that that suspension was nullified but it seems to be that there's been an admin error at Birmingham and Emily it just seems to go from bad to worse I'm not quite sure what is going on at Birmingham at the minute it seems a bit of a circus doesn't it it's a case of when it rains it pours there isn't it like you say you, that that kind of incident is just another another one to add really to what's been such a difficult season for them and you know you, I think you just feel for, for everyone there really you feel for the players, you feel for the fans, because, you know, I think people can can understand bad results, bad form to an extent, but then when you hear situations like that, that probably could have been avoided, um, yeah, it's just frustrating for them, isn't it? Especially, as you say, because they're still in this slightly precarious position at the moment. Well, they'll be hoping for just a fine as a punishment, any sort of points deduction, and it, it really does open it up for next weekend, the final weekend, which we'll get on to because it's a really exciting relegation battle, but they won't want anything, they won't want any sort of points being scrubbed off now, will they? Not at all, no. That could be, well, it could be absolutely devastating for them, couldn't it? It almost feels like they want to be relegated in a minute, doesn't it, with all their issues on there, but uh, I'm sure that they don't do. We'll come back to the relegation battle shortly, but in the battle for third place, Arsenal have virtually secured third place now. It was a 2-1 win at Everton, but they did leave it very, very late. A Kim Little penalty in the fourth minute of stoppage time secured the points for the Gunners. Peter McKay's opener was cancelled out by Megan Finnegan at 15 minutes from time, which looked to secure a hard-earned point before Little got the winner. There was also a job done for Manchester United as they won 1-0, but it, it wasn't as easy as they thought it was going to be. As they, was, they were pushed all the way by Bristol City. And it was an own goal in the end by the Vixens at Yana Daniels, which gave United all three points. But Arsenal's superior goal difference looked to secure them that final European spot. Bristol City, they remain bottom, two points behind Aston Villa and three behind Birmingham. Emily, it's been a fantastic battle for third and a range of emotions on Sunday for both Arsenal and Man United. Uh, it was a close run thing in the end, but Arsenal looked to have secured that third spot now. Yeah, 100%, because their goal difference is just far, far superior, isn't it? But yeah, I think it has been a really, really good battle. I think it's quite good from both those teams' perspectives that they have both taken it 
as far as they probably could. They both got the results they needed, narrow wins um, yesterday. And as you alluded to there, Luke, I think a lot of credit should go to Bristol City because, you know, they probably should have taken at least a point from that game. But then on the flip side, I guess you look at Man United who have found a way to win and I guess just ensure that that pressure's on really until until the end on Arsenal. Yeah, and Hannah, Manchester United can still hold their head high this season, even though they finished fourth. I know they were challenging the top spot at one stage and they'll be slightly disappointed that they dropped off a little bit. But considering they're a newly promoted side, they've had a fantastic season, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's been a really, really impressive campaign for from them. Um, and, you know, they've shown consistently that they can hold their own against the top clubs in the WSL, which isn't something you see from every side and so I think that I think they'll probably challenge again next season which makes it really exciting to see you know if they've after what they've done this this season like who knows what they'll be able to pull off next season if they continue to invest in their squad like they have done. Yeah that's an important point I know that's been the the big thing on Twitter is, is the investment how they invest in the squad over the summer isn't it? Yeah I think that they you know they they made a serious statement of intent with some of their transfers last summer with you know Tobin Heath and Christian Press and I think if they continue to um, if they get in a few more like star players for want of a better term they could make a real difference but I know there's also rumours about some of their players maybe leaving so it'll be really interesting to see what happens um, over the summer. And Emily, Bristol City will take encouragement from that performance. I mean I know they hit the bar and they forced a couple of saves out of Mary Earps they need to win at Brighton next weekend and hope results go for them, but they have a chance, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, and you know, to say they were very much the whipping team at the start of the season, again, it'll be little consolation because of, you know, relegation. No one wants to get relegated. But I think the way that they've gone about their business towards the end of the season has been really, really impressive. Um I know teams don't give up. I know professional athletes don't give up and that's not in their sort of psyche or mentality, but it's it's easy to do that, I think, even, you know, even a bit subconsciously, but they certainly haven't done that. The fact they're going into that final game with a chance mm. or be flying, as you say, Luke, on other results is, is, is really, really impressive from them. Yeah, I mean, the big advantage for them is they go to Brighton who haven't got anything to play for. We'll hear from Hannah in a minute on, on Brighton's performance at Reading on Sunday. But then you look at, the teams there like West Ham got to entertain Manchester City who may still be going for the title. You've got Arsenal who will be looking to really cement that third place and who are taking on Aston Villa. And then Birmingham City host Spurs on the final day. So Spurs who aren't fully out of it yet, but are more or less safe. Obviously, both sides will want to win. It's going to be exciting, isn't it, the final round of fixtures? It is, and it's just what we want, isn't it? I mean, how many times have we spoken about competition you know the way the championship panned out and actually when you look at the WSL this season certainly at both ends of the table it's not been too dissimilar has it and look it's great isn't it it's exciting and I think the fact that now the games are so accessible in terms of the streaming and the broadcast etc you know you're just having a really really exciting final day is such a great prospect and I think it'll be good to, to sort of um, kind of I guess see the noise around it and the excitement and, and how it all how it all pans out in the end, because I think certainly at the bottom, obviously the top isn't secured either right now, but I think at the bottom, you could see a few twists and turns on that final day. Aston Villa, they took, they followed up that draw in the West Midlands derby with another six-pointer as West Ham were the visitors. It was a very entertaining game, actually, but neither side could find a breakthrough in the end. And 
Hannah, it was, a draw was a much better result for West Ham than it was for Aston Villa in the end. Yeah, I think, you know, Aston Villa really needed the win to get out of the bottom and they just couldn't find it, um, which will be really disappointing for them. But, you know, one point is better than no points at this at this point in time. But it just whether or not it will be enough remains to be seen. Yeah, and finally, Reading took on Brighton at the Majeski Stadium. And Hannah, you were there and it was such a good game with some fantastic goals, wasn't it? It was so good. Um, I think that both teams really, really wanted it. Reading, they won. And I think that they did have the edge in terms of performance. But there was um, a couple of minutes in the second half where Brighton pulled out some absolute stunners. Well, actually, Lee, um, it was they were both hers. And um, it looked like that could have been a real turning point for the game. Um, it wasn't. But uh, Reading... I think I, I spoke to Kelly Chambers at the end and she was thrilled. It was a great match today and you've got a big match coming up against Chelsea. What will you take from today going into that final match of the season? Um, the biggest thing is the performance. Um, I think that we have to perform like that to try and get something out of the game. And we know it's going to be a tough game because Chelsea are going to be fighting for the title. Um, it's, it's nice that the season's come down to the last game of the season. But yeah, look, we know that we step up our game against um, the top four, if you like. So that's not an issue. But for us, we've got to make sure that we can we perform. We performed well last week. We performed well this week. And we just got to continue that now into the last game. And um, on Farrah Williams, um, what did it mean to her and to you as a team for her to score in her final home match here? Yeah, that, that's at the end of the day. I think if anyone's watched the... Um, the, uh, I suppose the highlight reel that we put together, like she, yeah, she's she's that's what she's brought to us. Like obviously in her previous seasons at other clubs, she's played in deeper roles, and she came here um, and we we put her in a higher role, and she she scored goals for fun for us over the last four seasons, and um, it was nice to see that that she got a goal um, with her last game at Madeski, and yeah, like I said, she's going to be she's definitely going to be missed. Yeah, that was a very happy Kelly Chambers because they've had a, a, a rough couple of weeks, haven't they? It's been um, an emotional ride on and off the field. They, they got knocked out of the FA Cup, didn't they, late on against Spurs in a game that you saw. They've, they've not had the best few results recently. And, and also, Farrah Williams, she called time on a 20-year career this week. And she scored in, in a final home game that, that you saw, didn't she, Hannah, with a nice little chip over the goalkeeper. And we'll come on more to her in a minute, but what a way for her to finish the season at the Medeski Stadium and a career there at Reading. Yeah, I think it was really nice. You know, I think she's been there about four years and she's made a real difference for them um, in the team. So she'll be very, very sorely missed. Um, and then obviously they're playing Chelsea, which is actually where she started her career. So it's a real poignant way for her to finish leading out Reading, scoring for them and then going back to where it all started. She's been playing for the last year with a kidney condition. And she became an MBE in 2016. And she's won a massive 172 caps for England, scoring 40 goals. And the word legend is banded about too much, isn't it, Emily? But she is an absolute legend in the women's game. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, those cap numbers, you don't hear that very often, do you, in the men's or the women's game? What what a player. What You know, what... What an incredible person as well, as you say, to play and to be to struggle with with a kidney condition and to still be back playing now at that kind of level. It is phenomenal. You know, she's she's just had an, an absolutely brilliant journey. I think she's one of those players as well that, you know, people say, you know, her touch 
certainly back in the day when she was in her prime, was, you know, the best in the game, um, you know, a really infectious personality, has obviously overcome so much adversity as well, certainly in her younger years. And yeah, look, it, it's great that she's now getting the recognition she deserves. And I'm sure that's something that will continue, you know, once the season's finished. And, you know, I think when people reflect on her career and everything that she's achieved um, and the influence that she's had on the game, the recognition will be will, will be huge and, and rightly so. And Hannah, it was just a shame there was no fans in the ground to give her a send-off, really, wasn't there? Yeah, I think that was a real shame. And obviously, like that's been the story all season. But when you have these moments like this, you know, she has had such an impact. It was like a real it's really disappointing that there aren't people there to cheer her off like when she left the field you know the team clapped her off but if there were fans there it would have just been extra special well coming up next we're going to look at the final day of the season in the championship you probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel i mean you have to multitask to drive so what's wrong with checking your phone the thing is your brain simply quick reply, affects your concentration, and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. So it was the final day of the season in the Championship this weekend, and promotion and relegation had long been confirmed. But there were some impressive results again in high-scoring games, a bit like last week. We'll start with Durham. They secured second place with a thumping 7-1 win over Coventry in the North East. Durham don't normally score a lot of goals, but they went that on Sunday afternoon. Two goals in three minutes from Catherine Hill and Molly Sharp. Destiny Tucson reduced the deficit in the eighth minute. So an exciting start to the game there before Beth Heppel added a third and four. She started the season on fire, but hasn't scored since December. Bridget Galloway also got in on the act and then Ali Johnson came off the bench to make it six with fellow subs Abby Holmes putting the Wildcats in seven heaven later on. Emily, I know you've been a bit of a fan of Durham this season and they've been in, in and around the top stop for the majority of the season. They'll be disappointed not to have won promotion, but they'll take second place, won't they? Yeah, I think they will, Luke, because, look, I think the noises that have come out of their camp um, over recent weeks, obviously since they... Um, since Leicester won the title and, and you know, it became apparent that, that Durham couldn't secure promotion was, look, ultimately, we were aiming for this at the start of the season. Certainly, as the form developed and continued to grow and, you know, that that long stretch and beat and run, etc. But I think, actually, when they look back on the season, they haven't done badly at all, have they? And then I think you sometimes you just have to take your hat off to the team that pips you. And, and just credit Leicester. And yeah, I think all in all, thoroughly deserve second place. Um, and, you know, it's no mean feat to finish second in a league like that, is it? That's got that's got competition across the board. You've got Liverpool in there who have come, who have obviously come down. Sheffield United have got a very strong team. So, yeah, look, they've had a brilliant, brilliant season. And hopefully, you know, over the next few days when they start to look back, they'll realise that and, and celebrate accordingly. Yeah, and as for Coventry, they've struggled this season. Jay Bradford said after the game, she felt that emotions got to her side because his key players retiring and some playing a final game for the club. The team had to finish second from bottom in the league. And I know we've spoken about this before, Emily. They've got big plans and high hopes, haven't they? So they won't want a repeat of this season going forward, will they? No, exactly. And I think the other side of it is it, they have got big players retiring, which means or certainly indicates that there's a bit of a rebuild job there as well, which I guess could work, could go one of mm. two ways. 
could be something that's problematic and means that it's another season of kind of transition and development or it could work in their favour because they've got to go out or they've got to develop players who have got to start playing regularly for the club but yeah and I, I thought it was an interesting point from from um, Jay Bradford actually acknowledging that because I think sometimes there's a fear from uh, managers head coaches players to, to acknowledge that sometimes that sometimes the emotion can just get the better of you um, and yeah look Look, I think they've got huge ambitions. They've clearly got the right people involved with the club. Um, so it's a big summer for them. Elsewhere, London City Lionesses came from 2-0 down to secure a point at Liverpool. Becky Jane and Amy Rogers had scored either side of half-time to put the Reds in control at Brenton Park before Harley Bennett reduced the deficit and Lily Ag levelled with just under 10 minutes remaining. The result means Liverpool finished third and the Lionesses are sixth. And there was big news this week in that Matt Beard is going to be returning to the club next season after he's finished his commitments with Bristol City. Um, they would have wanted to ret- have made an re- immediate return to the WSL this season. Ultimately, they had too many draws in the end and it, and it wasn't to be. But big news for them with Matt Beard coming in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, you know, he's uh, a great coach and he's done a lot with the different clubs that he's been at. If you just look at Bristol City and how they picked up when he took like took over I know that it's you know it might not be a happy ending for them but they definitely um kind of have played well under him and then you know he's made his mark with other teams so I think that it will be really interesting to see what he can do back at Liverpool um I think that you know Liverpool will have been disappointed not to go back up again and I think that they need to put some investment into their club and so hopefully Matt Beard will be the person to do that for them and of course, he's replacing Vicky Jepson and Amber Wiley stepped up and done a fine job. Amber Wiley, of course, was Vicky Jepson's assistant. She stepped up to kind of taking a caretaker role until the end of the season. Now, we don't know if, if she actually wanted a job, but she she's done a good job. She's really steadied the ship, hasn't she, since she's gone in and, and taken over the reins? Yeah, she has, because it's not an easy thing to do, is it? Going in and doing that when the team's in that kind of form and there's obviously with a club like that, there's always scrutiny associated with it, publicity associated with it. But yeah, she's done a really, really good job and, and I think can be really, really proud of everything that she's achieved. Yeah, and Emily, for London City Lionesses, head coach Melissa Phillips signed a new contract this week. She joined in October after a really poor start for them up to the season and she's had a really big impact. Um She's, she's earned this new contract, hasn't she, in the end? And, and I suppose the future's bright for Linus is going forward now. Yeah, she certainly has. I think if you look at her form, or their form, sorry, pre her joining, uh, almost comparing it to as soon as she joined, it's, you know, the turnaround in fortunes is like night and day. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal what she's achieved. She clearly is fully immersed in the club. Um, interesting that like, she signed a new contract now, which again, seems quite sensible that she and the club were waiting to see how things turned out before before sort of committing futures, which I think is a really, really sensible approach, especially in such a uncertain industry. And, and yeah, I think it's really, really exciting because, you know, they're another club that seem to have plans, seem to have, you know, a lot of, um, you know, appetite to grow and, and do better. And, and, you know, she clearly seems to be the right person. Champions Leicester City finished off their season in style. They secured a comfortable victory over Charlton at the King Power Stadium. Tash Flint, she's been on the score sheet all season. She opened the scoring once again before Hannah Kane netted a brace. And Shana Vessel's own goal completed the scoring. 
Hannah, a fine way for Leicester to finish their season in style. They finally got the hands on the trophy. They got to play at the King Power as well. So a great day for them. Yeah, um, a real achievement for them this season. And I think a great boost for them going into the WSL next season. You know, they'll want to make their mark there. The club is invested heavily. And I think it goes to show that it really can have an impact. So they'll be they'll be wanting to be, you know, up in the in the mix in the WSL. And so to finish like that is a, a great way to end their season. Yeah, they'll want to, um, I don't think they'll just want to go up to stay up, will they, Lester? Like you say, looking to invest heavily. Are you looking forward to seeing them in the league next season? Yeah, I am. I think it's it's exciting. You know, they're a new club in the in the league and so it's always good to see what they bring and I think they're taking it very seriously which makes you know a real difference and Emily for Charlton they finish eighth it's been a mixed season for them as we mentioned a few weeks ago the men's owner Thomas Sangard wants to bring the two entities together the men and the women's side so they'll be looking to invest and progress next season in the championship so they've got a big summer ahead haven't they yeah, they have. And I think it's interesting because we, we seem to have this conversation about a number of clubs, which I think makes it a really exciting prospect. Mm. Next season, a really exciting prospect. But then I guess the increase in competition, you know, it's going to make it really, really difficult for those clubs because a lot of the time you associate investment um, in a positive way. And this certainly is. But I think, you know, if there are more teams investing, the competition increases. And then, you know, when you look at that, I guess... I don't want to say the football becomes secondary because it certainly doesn't, but you're, it's almost a battle of whose structure is the best, whose investment is used the most wisely, which, which yeah, I think that makes it really, really interesting. And it's great to see so many clubs want to align things with their men's setups as much as possible. And it's funny that you actually mentioned about the competition next season because that's something Neil Redfern mentioned after his side's 2-1 win at Blackburn, uh, thanks to Jane Pennock's stoppage time header. And he said, he basically said that the league is only going to get tougher. And, and as you said, Emily, with, with teams looking to invest more in the championship next year, there'll be more full-time teams. I think it is going to be tough, isn't it? It is. And then you have to think that clubs that are investing are, are likely to have bigger budgets, which means they might look at players from other clubs. And then, you know, you get into that situation of, Okay, players don't want to clubs don't want to sell their best players, but if there's a big fee at the end of it and the player wants to move, all of a sudden it becomes, you know, it becomes a different kind of challenge for clubs. But look, I think ultimately it can't be a bad thing. We've seen how professional the, the Super League is now across the board. And and you know, like you say, the championship looks like it's slowly going a similar way, which you know, I don't think many people would have predicted even last year. We talk about Tash Flint a lot, don't we? She, we seem to mention it, but I, I was surprised that she's not top scorer. The actual top scorer is Katie Wilkinson from Sheffield United. She's gone under the radar a little bit, hasn't she, this year? Yeah, she yeah, she certainly has. And I think I think Katie Wilkinson is one of those players. She's she's shone at that level for a very, very long time. She has played a little bit in the top flight as well with Birmingham. Um, and for whatever reason, it didn't quite work out there. You know, I think at the time Birmingham were a really successful, successful team and she didn't always get the game time to sort of show what she could do. But yeah, Katie Wilkinson, Luke, is probably one of those players that other teams with investment would probably start to look at, you would say. But then again, you know, I'm probably not party to, to what Sheffield United's resources like either. And she seems very, very happy there and it seems to work for her, doesn't it? And Emily, Gemma Donnelly, we know she's pretty honest, isn't she? She was... Uh... She said her side deserved to finish 
in ninth and they're, they're another club we'll be looking to move on up next year yeah they certainly will be and and like you say Luke I think the great thing is about Gemma is she certainly doesn't mince her words does she and she always gives a very very honest assessment and I think if they're if they're the kind of people that you've got at the club leading things you know that can only can only benefit them moving forward but yeah I think you know one win since Christmas in the FA Cup uh you know unfortunately for them just tell its own story so the final game we're going to look at in the championship was a 2-1 win for Crystal Palace over Lewis at Hayes Lane thanks to Lizzie Walden's second half goal Amber Gaylor had broken the deadlock with a left foot power driver but Lewis responded well and Danielle Lewis levelled on at 50 minutes but it was Walden who had the final say with four minutes remaining and the win completed a double for Palace over Lewis in the Championship. The visitors finishing the season in fifth, and Palace ended the season in seventh. Lewis manager Simon Parker said his side out. I wish he was coming up against teams who were as dangerous as Crystal Palace on the transition, and there was a lot of learning from the game. Hannah, Lewis are an ambitious club, aren't they? But how will they feel about the season overall, do you think? You know, I think that they, you're right, they are ambitious, and so maybe they would have liked to have done better. But I think that, you know, um, they finished, like, well and I think that there'll be something they can build on for next season um and because you know they are investing heavily they make a strong statement of how much they support their women's side and so I think they'll continue to do that moving forwards and Emily for Palace it was a good way to sign off the season and a perfect response to last week's heavy defeat to Coventry their next game now is a pretty easy game. They're just away at Arsenal in the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, and they certainly needed that, didn't they? I think going into going into that game. But yeah, look, another one of those teams that perhaps haven't managed to get the consistency they would have wanted. But look, it's always good to sign off with a win, isn't it? And they did that. And it's a very good win over it, a very good side there. So news broke over the last week that Leighton Orient are disbanding their women's team. And it caused shock and sadness amongst the women's football community with the club announcing a new direction in a statement released by the club. Joining me now to talk over that is Leighton Orient defender Naomi Felton. Hi, Naomi. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, the football club released a statement and they've, they've described it as an exciting time for the development of female football at Leighton Orient. I'm, I'm sure you may well disagree with that. Um, I mean, I agree with the, the the growth of female football and and the youth football, but I don't, I, I don't quite agree with the the changes of the first team and the reserves of the women's club. Obviously, we have supported well played under the badge for the last five seasons now, um, and we were notified that from um, May first we are no longer allowed to play under the badge, and that we need to find a new direction. What is it now? Do you have to go and are you going to go and join the uh, the new club, or is it just a case of you've just got to look for another club now in the area? Yeah, so as a team, we've got two choices. As we have a fully licensed for Tier 4, we either have the choice of merging with an existing club. That could be a club with a men's te- with, a, with a women's team or without a women's team. Um, and due to our licence, we can kind of step right in and play under Tier 4. Or we can go independently and, um, you know, merge and, and decide our, our own brand, basically, and start again. I'm, I, obviously, there's a financial impact there, and we're going to have to fund it in some sort of way, but, you know, through investors or through ourselves. Um, but we have a choice. Um, unfortunately, we had well, we had until May 1st to, to make that decision. We um, went to the FA and asked for an extension and they've now given us an extension till the 17th of May. So we have a decision now to make about what, what we plan on doing moving forward. Um, 
some girls may leave and go and join other clubs. Some, you know, the, the majority of us are, are hoping to stay and, and kind of move forward. But obviously we need to come to a, a decision. And if we do merge, it needs to be with a club that's got a strong structure and something that's going to support us. Because obviously we don't want to be in this position again, two, three years down the line. No, it's, it's a shame because you've had a really good season and obviously it was cut short. You didn't really get going in terms of the league season, but you had a really good run in the FA Cup, didn't you? Very good. Yeah, we we got to the third round and we played at the Boris Stadium. We played, you know, in the main ground. And um, so that was three and a bit weeks ago now. And um, we, we lost 3-2 to Chichester, who were in the league above us. But it was a fantastic game. We were very, very close. And um, yeah, we've had a great run. Unfortunately, only four league games due to COVID. But as a team, we were like really starting to gel and, and get going. And we, we had high hopes. And, you know, within five years, we wanted to be fighting for a championship place. You know, we've got we've got a good setup, good infrastructure. But unfortunately, that wasn't the the same kind of vision that the, that the club had for us unfortunately have you had any communication with the club because as a, as a, as i believe everyone came out of the blue even the players didn't know this was going to happen yeah so um there was a meeting called um about three about two weeks ago it was it was shortly after the fa cup third round game and our manager and assistant manager attended the meeting with the board and that was where we were notified that the decision had already been made basically and we needed to move forward um, our manager did offer and assistant manager did say that management will happily step away and you can take on the team and the girls and, and continue playing in tier four. But um, they didn't want to take that decision and they decided to, 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 to do what they'd already decided to do, which was with the development set up. So we were notified the day after as a club via Zoom. Um, and yeah, it was really, really upsetting and saddening. You know, um, the club then came out with a statement a week later and obviously we you know, came back with our statement and yeah, it's been going on ever since. So for the last kind of seven days, we've been talking to, you know, different media um, companies and and different things on social media. And um, yeah, it's got, it's got quite a big, a big, a big thing on, at the moment. And it's been, it's been quite exciting for us because it means that we've, you know, we know we've got great backing. Our, our supporters have really backed us. Local clubs, teams in our league have supported us. Um, and they're really, you know, looking forward to our decision moving forward. But it's such a shame and, and upsetting. And I think for us, the reason why we've made such a big deal about it is because we don't want this to happen to any other clubs in the mm. country and any other girls. You know, we don't want them to be playing for a club they love and pulling on the badge week in, week out. And then to be told randomly um, that they can no longer play for that team and no longer able to play under that badge. Yeah, and it's a shame that this has happened because I've I mentioned any championship roundup we have. You've got Charlton. Uh, you've got Lewis and uh, a couple of other sides where they're, they're all being aligned now with the men's team, aren't they? Coming into line yeah. with that and investing. Exactly, exactly. And it's been such a shame. And, you know, as a team, we really had that confidence and we were really, really rooting and, you know, pushing for next year. We were aiming for like a top three position in the league. We'd done really well. Um, we actually had a friendly against Crawley Wasps yesterday and we beat them 1-0 and they're a team from the league above. So we're fighting for them, them places, um, but unfortunately we just didn't have the same um, desire as, as, the, as the board, unfortunately. So I suppose a lot of phone calls and Zoom for you now, isn't it? Trying to maybe find yes. another club. Exactly, exactly. So our manager is in discussions with potential mergers or independents. And then again, players are figuring out what, what plans they have moving forward. Obviously, again, it depends on location too. You know, we merge with a club outside of our area. Do You know, is it going to be a diff difficulty for travelling? But we're, we're, we're optimistic about it all. We think this is a really good time for the team and we can kind of build our own independence and brand and, and really fight for something we believe in. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a case we've literally got now um, what 15 14 days to, to make a decision so it's it we've got to have a quick turnaround 
Well, Naomi, best of luck and uh, hopefully all will be sorted in the next few weeks for you. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on what our steps are moving forward, whether we go independent or we merge or what the plans are. Um, but it's definitely an exciting time. Um, I don't think the board will ever make a U-turn on their decision and we don't plan on that happening anyway. But yeah, it's it's, it's an exciting time to be <laughs> as a non-Leighton Orient player and what we do moving forward. We've also been keen to support the social media blackout this weekend as we feel enough is enough with the online abuse. Once we are back online, please give us a follow on at TWFP1 on Twitter, the Women's Football Podcast on Instagram, and also check out our YouTube page where you can see exclusive content like Liv's full interview with PH1FC founder Miles Seater, and you can go and find out what it is all about. Thanks very much to Emily and to Hannah and also to Naomi for joining us on this week's podcast. Look after yourselves and we'll see you all very soon.